0: But we got what it takes when for the cycle to break, revolution is in me, I belong. I belong. I belong, I belong, I belong, Hi you guys, welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce and I'm so happy that you're here. In August, I sat with Mother Ayahuasca and I had been feeling for a long time that I had some sort of parasite affecting my gut, which in that was affecting my life. I had done cleanse after cleanse, all the coffee enemas. I had tried so many things, but I could feel that this thing was holding on for dear life and not loosening its grip for years. (laughs) Earlier in the year, I was really feeling into why I couldn't get rid of this thing. And I was sitting at my altar and I heard the message, if you want to be free of parasites, look for areas in your life where you are parasitic because he no longer want to be a host. And, you know, this hit me hard. I know that like attracts like. I started to really examine my life and relationships and made the necessary changes where I felt called. Still, though, I could feel this parasite still with me. Also, I would get these dark, like intrusive thoughts sometimes that I knew were not me. Sometimes I would be walking by someone and hear something like, fucking idiot." Or just some random name calling. Um, I'd open social media and like have a ugly thought and I'd hear that and be like, what the fuck? That's not me. And I'd bind up the thought I'd cast it out. I'd fill up with light. This is a very vulnerable share because it can make me sound crazy, but I've shared this with multiple friends that said, wow, me too. And so I share it here at the chance that you can feel less alone in these intrusive thought forms that don't belong to you if they're showing up for you, if if you've experienced it as well. So I I also believe that we can take on, um, we can take on thought patterns that are not ours that were passed down to us ancestrally or that we just took on from someone else that spoke that way to us it didn't feel like that's what this was. It felt like it was some sort of energy that was attached to me. So I was mentioning this to a shaman sister and she said that she felt there was a parasite or an entity that was attached to me and was feeding off of my sexuality specifically. She suggested that I sit with medicine and get an extraction. And this was crazy for me to hear and, and even a bit, you know, triggering, but it still felt, I, I still felt the pull to do it. And I keep a really clean container in my practices. And I have a very, I have very strong boundaries. So I wasn't exactly resonant with the sexuality part, but I was open to it. I was open to that being a possibility. Um Also, I've had multiple friends get extractions from shamans when it comes to parasites and feel really clear after. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I trust her. I trust the shaman I sit with. So I signed up for the next ceremony and held the intention that this thing was going to leave my body. In the weeks coming up to ceremony, the thoughts got darker and more aggressive. Oftentimes when you sign up for ceremony, the moment you sign up, ceremony begins. And, um, you know, it, it felt like this thing knew its life. Its lifespan was coming to an end and it was, it was um, rearing its ugly head. Interestingly, I could feel this energy really didn't like that shaman sister that spoke this to me. I'm not exactly sure how to explain that, but every time I would be around her, I would get agitated and feel this attitude that felt foreign. It didn't feel like mine because in my center, I knew how much I loved her. Um, I adore her. And, and so this just didn't make sense that I would get so agitated. Um, in my sessions with clients, I often help people clear out sub-personalities, things, belief, personalities that we've taken on from other people that we mistake as our own and thought maybe it could be that, but I wasn't sure. I also shared in the last solo cast that when this specific woman was praying, when we were on the mushrooms, I had the urge to flee the room, even though I love her and I love the Paul Selig prayer that she was reading. By the way, Paul Selig is the guest next week. So excited. So I think this parasitic creature thing knew its life with me was coming to an end and that she played a role in that. And maybe that's why that was happening. Another interesting thing is that that sister told me after ceremony that she had all of a sudden been having the same type of thoughts leading up to ceremony, like dark, aggressive thoughts that were not hers. And that just felt really (laughs) like thoughts that she just felt like she needed to bind up. So a friend reached out to me, um, on the way to ceremony. So I'm, I'm heading to ceremony. And a friend reaches out to me, who's a former guest of this show, and um, without even knowing that that's what I was doing, that I, without even knowing I was heading to ceremony and told me that he was just wrapping up a ceremony and that it had gotten really dark for him at one point. And he said that he called on me and Kyle Kingsbury's energy for support and that we showed up to support him in the work that he was doing. Um, on the medicine, that this helped him to feel safe and grounded in the midst of it. And I thought that it was so cool that we could call on a specific person's energy for support in difficult times, just their energy and that their energy would be there. I was thankful for that reminder on my way to my own ceremony, because I knew I just had this hunch that I was going to need it. So I arrived at the ceremony and had all the women from my sister's group there, which brings a level of joy and safety to medicine circles for me, and I felt so excited for what was to come. Although I knew it wasn't going to be an easy one, and that was accurate. Out of about forty to fifty ceremonies, this was top three, maybe even top two, hardest I've ever experienced. But some deep, deep work was done. So uh, I was served the medicine. I prayed into it. I drank it, and then I sat with my intentions as well as. Sitting in surrender. I had been feeling really unclear in my relationship, in my romantic relationship. And that's been going on all year for both of us. But it came up in this moment, and I started to crave the feeling of a soulmate. I tapped into our relationship and started to feel like I was crammed into a tight space, like I couldn't breathe, like the ceiling was closing in on me like I was going to die from suffocation. I wasn't sure if this was the relationship itself. Maybe we had hit our ceiling in it or if it was our own feelings, feeling like we've both been put in this box by the other or being collapsed into this idea of what the other has now become to us. But in this moment, it felt like the relationship felt small or contracting and not expansive. And I told the medicine, okay, then tell me how to leave. If we're not supposed to be together, Tell me how to leave because we have broken up plenty of times and don't ever end up going through with it. And it's like, we don't know how, especially because kids are involved and it means navigating being a single mother again, which feels really scary. But when I asked the medicine to show me how to leave, to give me clear direction, everything went blank, which felt really confusing. And around this time, the shaman opened up space for healings Um, right after offering a second cup, which I did take. And when my sister that I spoke of before went up for her healing, it was extremely intense for me. I, for some reason, I say for some reason, because it could have just been a metaphor or it could have been past life karma, we're clearing or both. I'm not sure. But for some reason I became her daughter and felt really neglected because she was so consumed with her healing path that I kind of was just left to myself. But also She just took up the room for me. Like I couldn't hear or feel anything else other than her. And it was really intense for me. It reminded me of my mother when I was a kid and how whatever she was going through would take up the room. It would take me over. And so I developed these defense mechanisms with people's moods or struggles that are in my direct space of, I won't let this take me over. Like you keep that over there. I won't let this take me down with you. I have to stay positive and I have to stay grounded and I have to stay active, which at times this can seem like a lack of empathy. But for me, because of my trauma, it has been simply survival. Because as a kid, I was around adults whose experience was the only thing that seemed to matter and it would take up the whole room. And it became a trigger for me as an adult, when someone's experience would take up the whole room and be the only thing that could be felt or experienced for every single person in the room, because to that person experiencing it, it was the only thing that existed. Like it swallowed everything up. That became a huge trigger for me. And I'm not like this with friends or clients, just people that I've kind of lived with or are in my family. So in my direct space or experience, enmeshment here has felt unsafe. Our nervous systems as children are so linked to our parents, especially our mothers. And so when it comes to like merging my nervous system with someone else's, that has felt really dangerous. And it was a reminder also To shift my energy or to regulate better with the kids. Um, So, like, even if I'm just in work mode, to make sure that I get to the school early to do breath work in the car before I pick them up so that I am fully in mom mode, Um, so that they don't feel that like work mode or like chaos mode or like hustle mode in my nervous system um, because I know it will be felt by them. Also, uh, during my sister's healing, my energy itself got really intense. so as soon as the shaman had space for another healing, I rushed up there and I told him that I was there for an extraction of some sort of parasitic energy that I felt like I couldn't get rid of. and he asked, what what type of emotional um, tie does it have? like what emotion does it feel tied to? And I was already very strongly on the medicine at this point and there's no way I could have answered this from my brain. My mouth just said fear. The word actually surprised me. Like fear? I'm not a fearful person. I'm really brave and I'm courageous and I take risks. Look at me. I'm at like my 50th ayahuasca ceremony. That's like, I dive into the unknown. Fear? But as soon as the word came out of my mouth, my entire body filled with the sensations of fear. My bones, everything. And all of a sudden, it was so clear to me that I feared everything. I feared that I had to beg for my partner's attention so that I could feel worthy. I feared that this meant I wasn't worthy, the fact that I had to beg. I feared that my kids not listening to me meant that I wasn't worth being heard. I feared that my partner's son was trying to manipulate me. I feared that my best friend, who is about 25 years older than me, was going to die one day and I would have to live the rest of my life without him. But more than anything, I was afraid of the fear itself. And that's why I didn't know that it was there. I was too afraid to even acknowledge it. And at this moment, my arms started to go crazy, wailing in the air. And after, I actually wondered if I had a seizure because it was like my arms were like just, they were going ballistic and my shoulder blades were shaking or vibrating in a way that didn't feel humanly possible too, which is crazy because my shoulder blades have always been in pain For at least a decade, I've had like knots in my shoulder blades. They're just always, I'm always asking for someone to like work on my shoulders. And the shaman began to prepare his tools as my body's like wailing and shaking. He began to prepare his tools and say his prayers, um, preparing to do the healing. And this parasite, which I now realized that parasites were not much different than entities in any way at all. They They both feed off of fear. Um, this thing, it made up its mind that it wasn't going to go. And my spine got really straight. My body stopped wailing and my face got super fierce. And I looked at him and this thing said to the shaman, try me. I have chills just thinking about it. And y'all, I had little pixie buns in my head. And at the time they felt like horns. Like I felt like evil itself. and there was no forecast for rain that day, but in the exact moment that those words came out, try me, lightning struck and lit up the room, thunder and rain pouring down. And the shaman looked back at me, laughed and said, this is going to be fun. And I was so in awe of him at this moment, like how much work he's done to be able to face this terrifying energy that felt so evil that wanted to stand off with him. And he just was like, you're not even real. I'll show you what I can do. And he was ready to take it down fearlessly. The next day he told me it felt very Harry (laughs) Potter-like. The thunder, lightning and rain got more intense and it was very sweet. The shaman whispered in my ear, this is all for you. And that just melted my heart. I felt like even, and even in the midst of the fear, like my heart melted. And I felt like in that moment that it was the most romantic thing anyone had ever said to me. Of course, I have no romantic feelings for the shaman, but still I felt so loved by source through him in that moment. Like this thunderstorm is for me, <laughs> but quickly the fear came back. He started to perform the healing laughing a few times and he took longer than he have has ever taken on a healing with me before. I could, I could feel, um, this thing's resistance and, uh, the shaman, he put his lips on my scalp a few times and sucked something out of my brain and then spit slash threw it up into a bucket. Like I could hear it landing in the bucket. This thing looked like a, when I like was seeing it, in my system, it looked like a blood sucking parasite. Um, What someone has described to me as Babesia. It's a blood sucking parasite and it had a ton of teeth and it appeared to literally be sucking my blood, my vitality, and also it was in my brain. And when all of this was happening, I was terrified y'all, terrified. I was terrified of being possessed. And all of a sudden it made sense to me why people are afraid to do plant medicine. In fact, I wanted to run and go be with all those people where it was safe away from what felt so evil in this moment, which, you know, is crazy. Cause like, if I wasn't here to do the extraction, what, like, I'm just going to live with this thing. But in this moment, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I was terrified that I'd never be the same. And then while I was feeling all of that, like right smack dab in the middle of I'm never doing this again, the shaman hugged me and told me he was done. And I was like, no, you're not. It hasn't left. I still feel it. I'm in terror. I've never not felt better after a healing. And so I couldn't fathom leaving his healing mat. Something still wasn't right. But he assured me that it left. And that it was just residual from the blueprint of it. And to go back to my mat and to fill up with love. Still terrified, I went back to my mat. And I realized that it didn't matter how many cleanses I had done. It didn't matter how many coffee enemas or detoxes I did to try to get rid of this thing, this parasite, this entity. I could starve it with fasting. But as long as I had fear in my body, it could feed and thrive off of that. I also wondered if this parasitic entity energy was one of the reasons that my esophagus tore last year on combo because combo is very cleansing and anti-parasitic. And I'm wondering if that energy was basically fighting for its life to stay in my system. Um, And that's why the esophagus burst. I didn't get that message, but I wondered about it the next day. I felt the need for a protective masculine energy and remembering my friend's call earlier in the day I called on Kyle's energy, Kyle Kingsbury, and he just sat with me. Just like he has so many times in the past, he just sat presently while I was in pain, while I was in fear, just willing to hold space. And I felt how his love has no strings attached. He truly wants what's best for me. And I sat in that loving space and it was so nourishing to receive from a masculine. There was no, um, nothing. He was getting out of it. He just wanted what was best for me, and so he was just going to sit and hold space for me to grieve, to to feel terror, to feel pain. And it took some time, some sitting and waiting patiently and presently, but the love came in and filled me up. The love that I was feeling there that had no strings attached, it filled me up, and all of a sudden, all of the fear stories I had before transmuted into love it seemed laughable that I could ever lose my best friend we don't lose people he's energy and I asked him to show up and like that he was there I could smell his hair he was so very much there I always have him I had no clue that that previous fear was even being held in my body it's so weird that I didn't even know that it was there and my best friend who I'm talking about, Tom Shadiak, you know, I've, we've lived in different cities now for almost seven years, which has been really hard for me. And he always tells me, when you miss me, spend time with your heart. Cause we have the same heart. And I mean, and I do, and I feel him then. Um, I also, I called on Ram Dass, and he too showed up cause he's not gone. He's all around us. And I felt love for my sister that was there that I was struggling with earlier and I felt clear of what was between us. As it usually does, my healing journey with money came up. What I felt was that, uh, what I felt was that there was zero separation between me and money. And I felt this overwhelming desire to give, give, give. Since my best friend Tom opened up his uh, nonprofit, Memphis Rocks, I have been a monthly donor. Even when I was on unemployment during COVID, I always knew this was what I was supposed to do. And not everyone always understood that. Some people thought it was irresponsible as a mother to give while I'm on unemployment. But I just knew this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and just to tell you a little bit about Memphis Rocks, real quick. So, Tom Shadiak, um, you know, has been, gosh, a brother, a mentor, a best friend for. 13 years now in my life. He wrote and directed Liar, Liar, Ace Ventura, Nutty Professor, um, Patch Adams, like so many good, good stuff. You know, he's been making us laugh since we were kids. And then, you know, there's a documentary on Netflix called I Am, if you want to watch the whole story, but he basically woke up to the fact that um, this wasn't, fulfilling for him anymore. And he started, he sold everything. He sold his mansions. He gave all of his money away. And one of the things that he also did was open up this gym, Memphis Rocks, a rock climbing gym in the poorest zip code in America, which is called Soulsville. It's right outside of Memphis. And he doesn't charge people to come in and climb. And he also has people in there instructing and guiding climbers that are a bit of, um, you know, mentors to these kids that are coming off the streets. And it provides a sense of community that these kids have never had. And when you go there, it is, y'all, the feeling in this place, oh, it just, it's so healing. You would never know that some of these kids have watched their parents get shot in front of them, that some of these kids have already done drugs, like all these things, um, because of you know what they've been exposed to by the zip code that they were born into. And Tom's not only providing jobs to these people, he has, um, he has like a cafe in there that doesn't charge. I mean, what he's doing is so beautiful. Um, and I've been so passionate about, about giving to this specific nonprofit, but the medicine showed me how I'm just a pathway in this. I'm just a pathway to giving to others. My money is meant to be a river, not a reservoir. Money comes to me specifically to get to others and it wants to be in flow. In fact, it only comes to me to get to them. I'm just an agent and I cannot block that flow. It would be dishonoring to the spirit of money. I was so ecstatic about this the next day that I doubled my monthly donation to Memphis Rocks a cute part of this is that there was a time when I needed community desperately. I was 25 or 26 living in someone's basement in Hollywood. So no windows and a group of amazing people were looking for a roommate in their Hollywood Hills, multimillion dollar dream home that, um, you know, the whole room that I would be in, like all the walls were windows overlooking Hollywood Hills. And um, it just, uh, it was, it, it was a dream. It would have been a dream experience. Um, but the rent, the monthly rent was out of question for me. But I was with Tom when they offered me the room. And without thinking about it, he said he'd pay the first year's rent so I could experience this living in community. It was something like 20 grand, y'all. And I promised Tom that I would pay him back. I resisted at first. Um, he told me how much he wanted it for me. And then I promised that I would pay him back, but he said that my light in the world was how I'd pay him back. And that still just makes me tear up because um, it's so healing to be seen as a light, to be seen for your light. Living in that house changed my life. I lived there for two and a half years and those five people became my very best friends. I was right by Runyon Canyon. So we hiked every day. We hugged every morning, then chatted over coffee, Everyone that lived there was a creative and it was the best energy to be around. And I still feel like it was some of the best years of my life. A real life friends episode. Seriously, there were three guys and three girls. And of course I was the Phoebe. It was the very first home that I ever felt homesick for. And Laura, one of the women there, her soul and her heart is still one of my most healing places I can go to. But I think it's so sweet, the story. He paid my rent for that first year and now I'm helping how I can pay the rent of his beloveds in Memphis. Not as a payback in any way, but God, I love being able to nourish his soul the way he nourished mine. Thank you, great spirit of money for this message, for this opportunity, for this ability. I love you. Thank you for loving me. I will always be a river. Another nonprofit I'm extremely passionate about that I, I just have to mention is Our Rescue. Their mission is to stop sex trafficking, and that's another one that I routinely give to and raise funds for. And I am excited to increase that as I expand even more. I have a women's program coming up next year, a nine-month women's program, and uh, I I will be giving ten percent of what that brings in to um, split between Our Rescue and Memphis Rocks. So. Um, So this night, back to ceremony, I had my jade egg in all night. A jade egg is, um, you know, it's made out of jade crystal and jade is the, um, one of the few crystals that is completely balanced in feminine and masculine energy. And I work with my jade egg often. I also uh, teach women how to use the jade egg to strengthen their pelvic floor so that they can have stronger orgasms to also like remove um, trauma from this space as well. Um, and for some reason, all week, I was just feeling called to have my jade egg in during an ayahuasca ceremony, which I probably won't do again because I was f- so sore um, the next couple of days. But during that, um, during the ceremony, I became the egg at one point and I felt how magical the yoni is. So when I say I had the the jade egg in, it was in my It was in my yoni, so um, I felt how magical the yoni is and felt so in love with the yoni as this magical portal. Um, If you're not familiar with the term yoni, it's the sacred Sanskrit word for the entire, um, so like, you know, the vagina is only like one part. And so the yoni is the Sanskrit sacred word for the entire um, area. I go back and forth between using the word pussy and Yoni. Um, I'd like to remove the um, charge around the word pussy um, for this specific, um, er, for this specific story. I, I feel that Yoni um, is, is just what, what feels right here. Um, but I felt how magical this portal is. And I was like, wow. No wonder men always want to be in here, (laughs) but why would they ever want to leave? This is the most magical place. But then after a good amount of time, it got to be too much. And I was like, okay, this is why men can't stay in here. It's too magical. It's too much. It's too much energy to hold. Um, The amount of magic that was in there was just mind boggling y'all. It was, it felt like I was on MDMA and not ayahuasca. And I was so in love and i saw how much my work is healing the world's relationship to the yoni but also men's relationship to it like this is my work this is what i'm i'm here for is to help heal women's relationships to it and then men's relationships to it respecting it reverencing it honoring it asking permission before going into it even just looking into the woman's eyes as he enters her knowing it's a portal treating it as holy as an altar to worship at. I also saw what it does to a baby's brain when they start their life going through that portal, that this is how we're meant to start life, going through this portal. And I just, I saw what it did to the brain. And then I felt so much sadness because both of my pregnancies were C-sections. But again, like with my best friend earlier in the night, I was like, wait, My kids are energy. I can call them here with their permission and ask them if they would be available to experience this magic portal of the yoni now. And they showed up and gave a full yes and then went into the portal of the yoni and it was the most beautiful, most precious experience. I saw what it did to their brains. My son, Soul was just so happy saying, this is so cool and loving the magic of it. And I've noticed a difference in him since then too. Jaya my daughter just absorbed it quietly, very femininely, very much with gratitude. And I told them this story when I got home and they laughed and I was like, wait, what do you think? And they were like, you're the best mama, let's play Uno. But I could feel that this experience was in their DNA now. I felt even more in love with the power of the yoni. I felt even more deeply that it's what I'm here for, to help heal woman's sexuality and the world's relationship to the yoni. This is what removes sex trafficking and so much of the pain in the world. Honoring and respecting and having reverence for the magic of the yoni. And there is magic that changes a man's life when he enters the yoni from that place of reverence for this holy portal. It's the most powerful initiatress. And I have so much gratitude for Dr. Nathan, the holistic OBGYN that was a guest on this show for how he works in that space from this reverence and for the beauty that not only some babies get to experience the magic of the yoni when they're born, but they also get to be greeted by him, a man who has reverence for the yoni in the first moments of their life. What medicine that is. And I just felt so much gratitude for him and for this work and that I chose and was chosen to do it. Ah, It was... Like I said, one of the hardest ceremonies I've ever had, but it felt like some of the deepest, biggest work. And of course I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not done doing the work. I'm not done showing up in plant medicine circles, not yet. Maybe one day, probably not though. And I'm so thankful for the honesty of my sister, that brought that information into my awareness. I'm thankful to the shaman who's done the work to be able to square off with it and to aid me in the extraction. I'm so thankful for the energy of Kyle to show up and support for me. So thankful for Shadiak for Tom Shadiak and what a blessing he's been in my life. I'm thankful to the spirit of money. Mm. <laughs> I'm thankful for the yoni. Ah, so full of gratitude, y'all. And yeah, I, I hope that this, I know that the medicine I received, I share it here through the podcast, not only because I feel guided to and called to, but because I know that my medicine can also be your medicine, um, that there's something that you could possibly pull from this experience that can be healing for you as well. And so I'd love to hear your feedback on that, whether it's in a review or a DM. Reviews definitely help. So um, I'd love that or both. (sighs) Yeah, so thankful. So, so, so thankful. All right. In that thankfulness, I'll also thank our affiliates. A couple episodes ago, I had on Dominic Cortusio, who taught about emotional foreplay, how to get your man to open up to you. And it was really powerful. Y'all, it just blew my mind. The term emotional foreplay blew my mind itself because it was like, oh, okay. The way women need foreplay to open up sexually men need foreplay to open up emotionally. This gives me empathy. This gives me understanding. Um, so in the show notes, there's a link if you'd like to sign up. Well, first of all, check out that episode. It's my most downloaded episode ever. So people are hungry for it, but also he has a masterclass. It's $50, but with my link with code Jade, you get it half off $25 for a masterclass. Y'all that's unheard of. So definitely check that out. Also, like who doesn't want to give money to Dom? He's amazing. Be the river. And then Gene Keys. I love Richard Rudd. He's also a past guest. Oh, y'all. He's like plant medicine in a body. He's so freaking amazing. And he's got so many classes on genekeys.com. If you look at the notes, all you have to do is like kind of scroll up on the screen that you're looking at right now and the notes will appear. And right under um, Dominic's course link, there will be a course link for Gene Keys. It's specific to the dream arc, which is how to use your dreams for growth, uh, which is like a slow drip of ayahuasca really and uh there's also courses on love courses on abundance like all the things but if you use this link the show will get a small cut and that will be very helpful and then the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com code jade gets you 15% off my favorite is the air the aer is how they spell it it's a suction tool tool i'm actually you know i use the thing every day and i can't find my charger and i was thinking I've had this thing for over a year and I am just now looking for the charger. And you know why? Because it works so damn fast. It works so fast that it's over a year and I'm just now having to charge it because that's how like it just, it gets the job done so freaking quick. So what I do, so code Jade, at dameproducts.com gets you 15% off. But what I do is I use my Yoni egg that I spoke of before, the Jade egg or the pleasure wand. And I work with that for a while. I teach this in my one-on-one sessions and in my women's container. Um, I work with my cervical wand and I spend time with that. And then when I'm ready, I use the clit sucker. And, uh, that's when I, will either have cervical orgasms because I've got the cervical wand in, or I'll experience orgasms, but I'll use the Yoni egg to um, do different methods, which I'll, I can teach you. Um, but those, the pleasure wands and the Yoni eggs are at wands, dot com code Jade for a discount there as well. They're also really beautiful tools, y'all. They don't look like sex toys. They look beautiful on an altar. And then all things higher dose, higher dose infrared products code Jade 75 for $75 off. I love my bioenergy mat, my sauna blanket and my infrared face mask. They're all amazing. $75 off code Jade 75. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.